Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, The Long Tom Pass, Great White Sharks, Potato Milk, Two Grumpy Rants and an Electric Road. Now Lippy. Hello. You've been at the football today. I have been at the football today, yes. It was my Valentine's Day present. What a trip to the football. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. How was yes. it? Um, I enjoyed it because I cheer both teams on. <laughs> not sure that's the correct approach. Chris did but... not enjoy it. Ah. I just hope everyone's having a nice time, to be honest. That's very admirable. It was um it wasn't the best game of football from the from the point of view of a supporter. That's probably how I'd word it. You mean the team lost? Um, they lost. Yes. The team lost. Two <laughs> 0 Oh dear. And we left early, so... Yes, well... That's what happened. A friend of mine went to see... He's very into his football, went to see a match, and left, I don't know, half an hour before the end, got home, and his team had won. So they were losing when he left, and they won when he got home. Well, we only left about five minutes before the end, so I don't think we would have... They wouldn't have won in five minutes. It would have been a shock. Yeah, it would seem unlikely, but... uh, yeah. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, I don't think th- 30 minutes is quite a, a early time to leave. Yes, I think they would... Uh, like yeah. a lot can happen. That's still like basically half the game. <laughs> but I think it was just going so badly. He thought, I'm just I'm just not standing here. Mm. Yeah. Well, on the bright side, England rugby have done very well against oh, Italy. Oh, good. Oh, I haven't seen any of that. But the last time I checked, they were winning. Oh, so. good. Okay, well, long may that continue. Anyway, we're recording on a Sunday evening this time. We are, but yeah. um, what I found is it doesn't give a great deal of time for listener comments to come in between it going um, out on a Friday and us recording one last week. It was on Sunday morning. So I've got some feedback from Davros from two weeks ago, which is a bit of a shame. <laughs> but there's some good news to come. So he says, dodges to difficult questions. And he quotes Father Ted. And I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly, but I shall probably fail. That's an ecumensial matter which i assume is to do with the church okay i don't know no i don't i could look it up but i'm not going to so that's quite a good one because (laughs) it's just pushing it on somewhere else so that that's quite good provided you can pronounce the word correctly Uh, and he goes on to talk about plastic eating bacteria and he's a bit of a sci-fi nerd so he refers us to an episode of doom watch from the 1970s called the plastic eaters Mm -hmm. i then got a subsequent message on friday it went down a path that we're not going to go down let's put it that way with plastic <laughs> so we'll leave it at that but anyway on friday so here obviously friday afternoon he must have downloaded it and i got a live commentary as he's listening to it which was really Ooh, good very good indeed like so that. jarring flatulence a special edition with a dead canary on its head in the jar canaries used to be taken down mines to detect gas and the basis yeah. is that if the bird was alive, everything was okay. If it was dead, you got out of the mine pretty quickly. Uh, because there I was see, a see. gas that we couldn't detect as humans. Well, obviously, the patients is a little bit different. Uh, he seems to think that Nessie exists. That's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. He says it's a scurrison. Yeah. I don't know what that word is either. I think he's making this stuff up. Is that a type of animal? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel the need to look it up now. Ah, Scarison. Oh, of course, it's to do with Doctor Who. 
Massive creatures, <laughs> what a surprise. Massive creatures large enough to crush a human with one clawed foot. They were cybernetically altered Ooh. to suit the Zygon's purpose and were vulnerable to no force short of a nuclear weapon. Okay, right. I thought that was a serious comment for a moment, but um, obviously not. <laughs> and then he goes on about the apprentice, has never floated the Davros boat, feels there is something missing. The pranks that apprentices play on each other. We need some modern updated versions of the long wait, the left-handed screwdriver, tartan paint, etc. He's probably quite correct, but I'm yeah. not sure the yeah. current crop would um, would get that at all. No, I don't think they would. No, and he wishes us well on the apres ski. Uh, he says, personally, Davros's idea of apres ski is a damn good belt shelf of wolfing down a hazelnut yogurt. <laughs> brilliant absolutely brilliant that's interesting very interested indeed and i had a message from the screaming tomato this morning about the howitzers that we talked about last week big bertha and in the boar war the boars had howitzers called long toms and in fact even today one of the locations where they were used is called the long tom pass very mm. interesting so that is interesting very is a mine of Interesting information is the Screaming Tomato. Now, when I was reviewing last week's episode to write up the, the notes, yeah. you you came out with the phrase, the Tyler is a character. And I think I said <laughs> most tradesmen are. I missed out yeah. a whole group of people that are can be very annoying characters. And that is recovery operatives. So if you break down or you have an accident and somebody turns yes. up, they can be the most annoying people on the earth. They can. Uh, I re- really remember can. being in an accident. I wasn't driving on the bridge over the M5 near Gloucester. And mm. it was cold and it was wet. And this bloke turned up. He took one look at the car and said, oh, you've made a mess of that, haven't you? I just think, oh. No, Great, yeah, that's, thanks. Exactly. <laughs> that's very helpful. And in fact, we, we, at this yeah, time. Yeah, that's really useful. And when we got into the recovery vehicle, my mate said, you're going to have to go in the front. I can't talk to him. I'm just, I'm too upset about the whole thing. <laughs> and he's just going to be jolly all of the way home. And it was quite a long trip yeah. home. So, uh, yeah, so vehicle recovery operators, while you are pleased to see them, uh, sometimes if you've had a rather traumatic experience, then it, uh, mm. it, it can be a bit soul destroying. But uh, generally I find them to be, if you're in a good mood, they're quite fun to be with. Yes. Maybe not if you've just written off your car though. Well, that, that's a little bit different, but if you've just broken down for the umpteenth time, then, um, then it's, it's not quite so bad. So some interesting news this week yes. following on from our Jaws experience is the first great white shark around the UK has been spotted. Oh, exciting. Near Goring by dun, Sea in West Sussex, which is not a million miles dun, away from where we are. Dun, 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 dun. I really enjoy Great Whites. I wouldn't want to be in the water with one because they're quite. I'd like to do a cage dive. I think. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, no. I go back and forth. Like, I really like the idea of doing it and being able to actually see one in the water. Just send a webcam down. <laughs> it's not the same as seeing one, it's though, is not, it? But it's not as terrifying. Yeah, that's the thing. What if the cage... I watch too many shark films where it's like... I can't remember the name of it. It's 47 metres down or something where the cage snaps yeah. from the boat and then they've got to try and get up with all these great white sharks around yeah. them. And that's a bit terrifying. But it would be awesome. It might be, but trying to swim with a bit of poop in your wetsuit's not going to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> 
slowly moving down your leg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all over the place, to be honest. But... Yeah. So this shark's been spotted 30 metres out to sea by a shark fisherman, and he's called it an undisputed shark. Uh, he mm-hmm. said it's either a Mako shark or a great white. Both of which I think are quite aggressive. Uh, probably, and a bit unusual in these waters. Although I do believe that the UK has more varieties of shark than many other places in the world. But so they, they cover it. It's a big That's church. A the shark, you know, goes from quite small creatures to obviously Bruce. Yeah. Who oh, was yeah. So it's there's, there's a lot of and some of them are just they wouldn't eat you. It's only a few that would. Uh, some of them are ridiculously big, like the megalodon. Is that a thing? They no longer exist, I believe. Although there have been a few things that have come out. There was a blue whale that had a massive bite mark. Okay. In it, that had then washed up onto a beach, and all the scientists were like, "That can't just be a normal shark, because blue whales are bigger than great white sharks. Mm. So how has it got a massive bite out of the back of it? So they think there are some lurking around. Didn't Jason mm. Statham wrestle with one? He did. Yes. Talking of Jason Statham, yeah. he's doing a movie down the road oh, from us. He? Apparently, yeah, he was spotted in my local town and there's been lots of work work signs you know the ones where it's like work entrance and stuff but not actually any like building or anything going on and i'm pretty sure when we bought the house we were told the the land around like all the forests weren't allowed to be built on so we were like well it's not buildings but something's definitely going on because there's floodlights there's lots of trucks there's lots of like the tanker blocks that they then use as like offices, office, little office block things. But yeah, there's loads of stuff going on around us. And then I saw on the Facebook that Jason Statham had apparently been in Fleet. On the Facebook. And he's filming a... On the Facebook. <laughs> and it's his new film. is apparently being filmed around here. The, the giveaway for the locations are arrows made from fluorescent material. Quite mm. small ones. Sometimes you get two together. And sometimes it says location or some sort of code. Because we get quite a lot of that around us with the Surrey Hills. And I think the newest Jurassic Park's just been released. And some of that was filmed up on Winterfold. Up on Winterfold, yeah. And I did see, I was walking through the village, obviously they finished filming and they were coming back down again. And the size of the caravans going through was enormous. I've never seen anything like it. Absolutely massive. Uh, Always interesting to see that. They are doing a spy too. Oh, excellent. So I thought it could be to do with that because it's very foresty and open plains, all on the army grounds, really. Could be in relation to that, which would be quite cool. Talking of spy, we watched that the other night. It's it's one of my favourite films. And the Peter Sorovenovich character, the Italian, or is he English? Yes. You don't know. Yes. Uh, His accent's brilliant. And I was watching a video taken in an engineering workshop where they recondition engines. It's very old business and very uh, original, so there's no messing around. And that's it was started by an Italian, and he speaks just like him. So I watched this thing, absolute <laughs> stitches, because I just expected to say, oh, pretty lady, or something along that yes. line, which he didn't. But, uh, yes, very funny indeed. Moving on to other things. I was reading during the week that in Michigan, they are building a one-mile stretch of road 
that can wirelessly charge electric vehicles whilst they're driving on it, which is interesting. And it's an Israeli company called Electron, and they work a system of copper coils laid under the road, a little bit like an induction loop on on your phone for wireless charging. Mm. And that transfers electricity wirelessly to cars and lorries via receivers strapped to the underneath of the car or lorry. And apparently there's similar pilot schemes running in Israel, Germany and Sweden. And that is very, very cool, I think. That is. Really. That would make having an electric car a lot easier. Well, if you think of a motorway journey, then... Yeah. Yeah, that would be brilliant. I mean, you could easily... Charging the whole time you're going. Or at least every... Well, that's another plan, isn't it? Ten years of road closures. Well... After these smart lanes are finished. Well, I... I, (laughs) Well, let's not get onto smart lanes... Um, no. Yes, that's they're, they're not they're not good. I can't. They're not smart. They're, well, the problem is, as far as I understand, is the refuges aren't uh, as close as they said they would be. They're further apart, and also mm. the technology that's supposed to stop a or detect a stopped vehicle isn't in place. So very few mm. miles of smart motorway actually have that in place. And strangely, I was going mm. up to uh, down to Kent last week. And the M23 at the top, there'd been an accident, which was blocking one of the lanes. And they had the red cross above the, on the gantry for two lanes. And people were just ignoring it, just steaming up the inside two lanes. Not everybody, but just a few. But that's all it takes to have a massive, massive Mm -hmm. accident. Yeah. So people, please be sensible. Abide by the laws of the road. Well, it's just common sense, really. It's got a cross there for a reason, Mm. not because they fancy it. Just want to cause a bit of grief on a Friday morning. Anyway, back to electric vehicles. Uh, I was talking to some friends of mine on Friday and we were talking about electric taxis. And when I was up in London uh, about a month ago, we had a a trip back from the hospital. I was at down to the uh, Waterloo station and that was an electric taxi. And it was brilliant. It had a massive panoramic roof so you could see all the buildings. It was a lovely day as well. And it was a really nice way to travel. There's no diesel fumes. It was very smooth. I thought, that's pretty good. Anyway, we were talking about this um, in the pub as it happens. And mate of mine said, yeah, he said, I was talking to a driver and he said his £1,000 diesel bill per month has gone down to about 100 quid. My now, God. the cost of buying the vehicle, I would imagine, is astronomical. Yeah. But that's that's a quiet saving. I mean, that's that's yeah. 12, well, not quite 12,000 a year, is it? But it's 11,000 a year. It's 900 a month, yeah, isn't it? Saving. So, yeah, saving. Yeah. That's quite substantial. So. That is. And presumably, the maintenance costs are lower because you know, mm. if you take the battery out of the equation, the rest of it is fairly unstressed. Yeah, that must be great for taxi. They're making a lot more money per... Well, interesting. We were talking to the ta- taxi driver. This was before Boris lifted the work from home suggestion. So this is mid-January. Yes. Uh, he was saying it's absolutely dead. Said it's it's, mm. it's just fallen off. A no cliff. one moving around. No. And we no. drove along Oxford Street, and it was very empty. Although I have nothing. Oh, well, well it is, but I have nothing to relate because it was midweek in January. It may well be quiet anyway, but. Mm. He yeah. said, no, it's just generally very quiet um, you know, and very little traffic. You know, there's no jams at all. It was uh, very no. quiet. But then that Saturday we went up to the Sharkies Broke and it was really busy. So It was, yeah. yeah that seemed normal then. 
So who knows? Mm. I, I don't know. But it, Hit and miss. Well, it's obviously affecting their trade quite substantially. So, you know, if you want to yeah. know something, you ask a cabbie. No two ways about it. Yeah, exactly. You know <laughs> it might not be the right answer, but you'll get a very long yes, you would. And yes, explanatory <laughs> answer. Very true. Very true indeed. <laughs> so it's somebody else who seems to be trying to save a bit of fuel was a gentleman in Leeds who decided to pull his caravan through um, some of the residential streets. So no vehicle attached. He, he's literally pulling a not unsizable <laughs> caravan. Uh, uh, this was uh, this was in the mirror, and uh, somebody's taken a photograph of the gentleman. And I think, well, how brave is he? Because those things will run away from you if there's any sort of slope. Yeah, really. And I've had some dreadful incidents with trailers of any weight and hills and trying to hitch up and all that sort of thing so unless he's got one of those electric movers which some of them have which are really really cool a friend of mine used to navigate his out of the driveway onto the road with a little remote control and it's two little wheels oh. that just the rub against the main wheels and you can you know or twist all the way yeah. around and it's left. that's cooler than a robot car isn't it not robot um remote, remote yeah remote control cars um Yes, until the battery runs out and then you're in trouble. (laughs) Got it stuck halfway across the main road and people using it getting very cross. So I'll leave a link to that because that was um, really quite quite bizarre and nobody knows what he was doing. The oh, it was on TikTok and of course the TikTok thing's gone viral. Oh yes, love a bit of TikTok. They do. Do you get suckered into it? I haven't yet, but apparently it's very good for promoting podcasts. So maybe I should. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what you put on it. Snippets. Oh, snippets. snippets. Oh, okay. So, as you know, I've been following a plant-based diet, which means ditching the cow's milk. And I've been very happy yes. with oat milk. That seems mm. seems to be all right. Like and there was milk. a bit of confusion in the kitchen yesterday, and Charlotte ended up with a cup of tea with oat milk in it, and not a problem Ooh. at all. She went, hmm. Oh, really? Because I love oat milk in my coffee, but in my tea is where I can really taste it. And I prefer to have cow's milk with my tea, but I have oat milk in my coffee. I think it's a little bit like sugar when you take sugar in tea and then you go, actually, I'm not going to have it anymore. And it tastes really odd for a Mm. few weeks. And then all of a sudden you go, well, I don't know. Oh, no, I don't, I don't miss it at all. And I don't, I don't notice it whatsoever. I did stop myself putting it on my porridge because that is just silly. Well, <laughs> that took me a while. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. And then I realised, yeah. Yeah. Oats on your oats. Yeah, it's just daft. It's just wasting money. Did you go almond milk instead no, then on your oats? water. On your porridge? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, it's absolutely fine. That's not creamy enough. No, it's absolutely fine. And then sometimes what I do, I've got a uh, coconut yoghurt plant-based yogurt and i put a dollop of that in there and that that spices it up a bit that's quite nice (laughs) yeah that's very nice anyway there somebody has produced potato milk which is a combination of strained potatoes water and a few other mysterious ingredients and Mm. not sure about that very starchy i imagine yes i would have thought so it's being sold in Waitrose, apparently. pound eighty a litre. So it's not cheap. It's twice the price no. of I'm milk. not sure I would I'm not sure I would give that a go at pound eighty a litre. I definitely wouldn't, because I'm very happy with the oat stuff. I mm. suppose there may be some nutritional benefits in switching to potato milk. But I'm not prepared to uh, find out. No. 
So I'm going to leave that one. I suspect it will come and it will go quite quickly. Yes. So how's the bathroom coming on? We should be done this week. Brilliant. So only a week late. The tiles look absolutely amazing. Yeah, the photographs you sent through, is it's an epic piece of work. So no two ways yeah, so he's only got, we've gone for herringbone. So he's got a few triangles at the bottoms to finish, but he's done all the way up and he's done the chrome edging. Oh, superb everywhere now so that's all done so he's finishing the bottoms tomorrow then he's grouting tomorrow then on tuesday he is doing the floor tiles and then wednesday or tuesday night tuesday or wednesday then the decorator's coming to do the first coat of paint everywhere we already knew we have a slightly warped windowsill it kind of bows up in the middle only very slightly but he's done each tile so the tile goes completely up to the bottom of the windowsill oh, so wow. there's no like little gaps brilliant so he has done a really yeah. good job um it's just taken a bit longer than we all expected well, did you say it was the first time he'd done herringbone no but we were chatting to him the other day and he was saying our tiles were heavier than what he was used to do to used to doing okay herringbone ah, with. okay so where they sit on each yeah. other they were just pushing yeah. them down so he was having to prop them up and hold them yeah. up until it's set enough so it was holding itself up. Um, So the weight of the tile was a bit of an issue, which I was a bit shocked at because they were advertising them as herringbone tiles. So I was thinking, why would they do that if it's not an appropriate tile to do herringbone Well, it is, but it depends on how much you put on at one time. And it's the same with any tiling. I mean, normally if it's Mm. uh, perpendicular to the floor or parallel with the floor, then... You, yeah. you haven't got gravity trying to slide it off, but you have got it trying to fall forwards. So if you stick up a whole yes. load of tiles up a wall, particularly if they're big ones, heavy ones, then you could have them coming off. So I, I understand yeah, that completely, and that's, um, that's understandable yeah. why that's taken a bit longer. But yeah, he's he's taken his time to make sure that it looks absolutely perfect, which we're very appreciative of. Um, and I picked a colour grout, and then he told me it was too dark. Okay. <laughs> Well, that's that's the voice of experience. But I just, yeah. Well, that's why I said I was like, you you pick whatever you think's gonna look the best. I don't. I'm happy with any color. Yeah. I'm not like yeah. fussy about that kind of thing. Like, you tell me what you think will look good, and we'll go yeah. with that. Like, I don't need to. I don't need to be like, no, I want this one. Yeah, I think there's a temptation when you when you have tiles put down to go for a grout that's very different, so it almost highlights it, and. I, I don't think that works. So it's a bit like having a white tile yeah, I, and a black grouting. I was choosing between two different greys, a slightly lighter mm. and a slightly darker one, because the major- our tile is grey, but it's dark grey mixed in with light grey. It's lots of different greys. Um, so I had pulled out the darker one originally and said, oh, I think this one's probably a good one. And then he thought it was too dark for the light parts. Okay. And said that the darkness of the grout would pull your eye to the grout over t- to the tile. So like, you don't want to do that when you have really nice tiles. So no. the lighter one would be better. Okay. So that's what we've got. Good. And then he's doing the same grout for the floor. But then he said in five years, if it's starting to look a bit of an odd colour, then he'll just come and clean it okay. up and redo it for us. Oh, that's all right. So yeah, he's been amazing. It's just taken a yeah, bit longer well, than that's, we. Yeah, that's fine. We- Which we kind of expected at the same time as not really wanting that to happen. Yeah, yeah. well, good that he takes a little bit longer and it looks good. Yeah, he had a few dramas as well. There were a few days he couldn't come when he said he was coming. 
pleasant. Well, you know, the thing is that if it's rolling on a bit, then he's either got other jobs mm. that should be starting. So it's, it is difficult. They get, oh, no, car oh, issues. Oh, car issues. Oh. Yeah, his exhaust oh, fell dear. off his car. Oh, no. So he's been in his wife's car. So they're sharing a car. So oh, okay. It's just all been a bit. Yes. <laughs> Hence why he was here today. Ah, okay. I have a bit of a car rant. Oh, dear. Yeah, I decided to replace the hoses on my 1999 Volvo because one that was relatively new. So I've replaced the top and bottom hoses on the radiator a few years back and one of them had had split very slightly so it was seeping out. Mm. And I thought, I sort of thought about it. I thought, well, actually, there must be other hoses in there which are 23 years old this year. Um, And they go. They, They don't last forever. So I did some reading up and identified the hoses, got all the hoses. I've got a new expansion tank because they crack. And so I tackled it on Saturday. And you have to strip a bit of it out to get there, sort of the airbox and some bits. And the heater hoses are held into the bulkhead with these little plastic clips that hold the pipe in there. So they're quite hard to push in. My fingers are really sore today. And then you pull the pipe out, got the pipe out. And what I was reading is these plastic clips often snap, so it's best to get some new ones. So I got some new ones, and I put them on the new pipes, and I, I pushed it in. And I thought, that you know, it just doesn't feel right. And so I put all the other pipes on, and I've got a pressure tester. So I fill it up with um, coolant, and then pump the whole thing up. And if there's a yeah. leak, you're going to find it pretty quickly, and you're not dealing with boiling yeah. hot water. So there's nothing coming out. So I'm just going to go have a cup of tea and a bit more of a read. And I went back in and came out. I said, it just doesn't look like it's in properly. And I thought, oh, I wonder. So I pulled it and the whole pipe came out and then deposited about half a litre of liquid all over the driveway as the radiator entered, emptied. So I looked at the old one, which hadn't broken, and the new one, and thought, they're not the same. They're really different. <laughs> they're just, I just oh, think, no. that's never going to fit properly. So I managed to peel off the old one. You have to sort of prise it mm. over the top of a, a ridge on the pipe. Put it on the new pipe, push the new pipe in, and it very satisfyingly clicked in. But my rant is, why aren't car parts the correct ones? I mean, it looked like it until you matched the two together. And I went, oh, there's a bit of a difference there. But it was the right diameter. It was the right colour. The yeah. size was right, apart from this little bit of extra collar on there. And this catches me out time and time again. And in fact, one of the hoses wasn't correct. But I managed to chop a bit off so it was right. But it's just think, oh, it's, you paid quite a lot of money for this stuff. Why is it yeah. Why is it not right? Why is it doing I that? Mean, unless it's some yeah. sort of bizarre crossover year where it's different later in that year than it is at the beginning. I don't know, but that was quite annoying. So it was quite late by the time I finished that. So I was quite annoyed, <laughs> to be honest, because I was cold. But <laughs> over, yeah, it. over it. And somewhat relieved that I hadn't gone, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. And then halfway down to uh, Chamonix in a few weeks' time, it dumps it's, the coolant all yeah. over the, uh, the auto route. Oh, we had some excitement on Friday. I had a, a message yeah. from a friend of mine that works at Dunsfold Park, where there's still a airstrip at about 20 past eight, saying Russian Antiov inbound Dunsfold Park 15 minutes. Now, I was expecting a massive Russian transporter plane. So I'd obviously read more into that message than was actually there. So mm. I went out and had a look, couldn't see anything. 
got back in again. And then there's this almighty great noise as this plane's going over the house, ran out the front. And this thing was tiny. I mean, it's a four propeller plane, <laughs> but it wasn't what I was expecting. So I, no. I put in a complaint to uh, my mate. So I was expecting something a bit bigger. And he went, yeah, so was I. Yeah. So it obviously, yeah. <laughs> he'd obviously been oversold it somewhat. But it, in actual fact, it was Ukrainian Antonov AN-12, built in 1966, so quite old, that they were using for filming. So it was it was buzzing around the village for oh, about an hour and a half around lunchtime. And it was quite a sight, I have to say. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure which film, like, what film that was, but it, uh, it'll be interesting to see that when it eventually, yeah, eventually comes out. I was Actually, I was watching a um, trailer for, oh, I can't remember what it was, something or other that looked really good. And that looked, there was a plane landing on an airstrip, and that looked like Dunsfold as well, because there's nothing on the skyline at all to distract it. Yeah, there isn't a Dunsfold, is there? It was was only today. Anyway, I had another interesting experience this week. Uh, Yes, well, interesting is probably not the the right word. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, I managed to end up with another urine infection, I think. Um, But I had to go down to the GP surgery and provide a sample. Uh, And the kit consists of a a pot about a third the size of a yo- a third of the height of a yogurt pot and then a small pot with a screw on lid that you, that goes off to the lab so you pee in the big pot tip it into the little pot this mm. pot that you pee in has got a little v cut out of it so you can very precisely pour oh. your wee from the big pot into Dude. the little pot without spilling any and I'm thinking, Ooh. how is a little plastic pot like that so well designed? And yet we have got teapots in motorway service areas whose sole function is to pour, and they don't. It goes everywhere. Else. They don't. It's just yeah. truthful. <laughs> how is that possible? And who bought all of these teapots? And how how come they're yeah, everywhere? They don't work. They just don't work. So did somebody that owned a cafe go into a motorway service area and go oh those are nice teapots well if they've bought them they must be pretty good so they the cafe owners bought them as well and gone oh these are rubbish but i can't i can't afford to throw them away and buy ones that actually buy new properly. ones i yeah I, I, I think a bit of research is needed on that because motorway yeah. service teapots are rubbish and not okay Just utter tosh That's two rants this week. I'll tell you something I am talking about peeing. In the only public toilets, probably around, where women don't have to queue, football games. Yes, I should think it is. I went twice. There was no one in there both times. But anyway, that's not what what I was going to say. I spent about five minutes trying to work out how to flush this toilet. A little black dot. So I'm like, it's a sensor. Cool. Waving my hand over it. Nothing happens. happens. (laughs) Waving my hat over it. Nothing happens. Touch it. Nothing happens. And they're like, I don't want to just walk away. Thankfully, it was just a wee. But I was like, I want to just leave that for somebody else. I literally got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to have to walk out. As I walk out the door, the motion sensors on the doors and it flushes it for you as you walk out. You think a little sticker on the back of the door would be really helpful. Yeah, just saying walk out and the toilet will flush for you. I knew for the second time though, but then a lady was like going in as I was coming out and it's all a bit weird because it's like flushing as the new person's going oh, no, in. It's a like, bit strange, oh. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It is a bit strange. But kudos to Tottenham Stadium because they supply free sanitary products in their toilets. I was very impressed. Oh, that was really good. Yeah. I was very shocked when I went in and I was like, especially as a very male orientated place. Yeah, but I'm, 
quite a lot of I don't know, I don't know how many, but there are a number of female chairpersons for clubs. Yes, yeah. It's not um, it's not the sole male feel that it used to be. If you excuse the pun, I think there's quite no. a female influence no. in, in sport generally at the moment, which is a good thing. It might yeah. be it's a very good thing yeah. because it does bring a, but, yeah. a different thought process. Mm. But it actually brings a thought process, which, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure is always the case for Ben. No, no. But I was very impressed because that's very rare. Yeah, well, that's, that's a that really good that, thing to so. hear. Now, I've noticed there's a couple of hustle grifter type films and series on the on the streamers. And we watched one there last are, night called yes. The Tinder Swindler, which wife of I have Grumpy seen. cannot say correctly. It can't, no, no, it, it came out in all sorts of different things. And then I threw, so who's that actress that sounds a bit like that? Tilda Swinton was her name. But so, yeah, oh, so there's Tilda a bit of that Swinton. thrown in as well. Anyway, we watched it last night. Charlotte had already seen it. She said, no, but I'll watch it again because it's brilliant. Yes. And it is based it's on a true good. story, if not completely a true story, of yeah. a chap called Simon Levive. And I won't spoil it if you've not seen it. It is a brilliant, brilliant piece of journalism it, mm. and the end is quite shocking actually yeah I, I was i was quite horrified by what happened right at the end um but interesting i noticed there's a whole bunch of gofundme campaigns obviously people cottoning on to the same thing and this guy was obsessed with his enemies i mean who has enemies mm. my, no my enemies are trying to get me but, who has enemies? <laughs> I mean, it is bizarre. It's but having been uh, approached by a swindler, not from Tinder, but generally when we were selling sick bags, um, and th- their scripts are always the same, and and his were the same as well. Mm. And in fact, you can take the scripts and you can search it on on the Google, and up it pops as a as a scam. And they just play the numbers game, particularly when it's electronic, because it doesn't cost them nothing to send out 10,000 emails. And if one person bites and, you know, you're a thousand pounds better off, then job done, really. Mm. Yeah. uh, Yeah, they did mention enemies, but this guy's obviously obviously obsessed with it. Uh, I highly recommend that if you got the opportunity to uh, to see it. It's, it's yes, me good. too. We, we thoroughly enjoyed that. And the other one is Inventing Anna, uh, which is based on the true story of a fake German heiress, Anna Delvey, which is a series. Oh, actually, we spotted that yesterday, so um, we might watch that. We um, got a bit stuck on Love is Blind. Oh, dear. <laughs> so we didn't watch any actual interesting TV shows, just binged. <laughs> Uh, the actress who plays Anna is, I can't remember her name, but she plays Ruth in Ozark, which is another very good series. Oh. And she is brilliant in that. So I think that's a, mm. a, a face to be watching for the future. I think she'll be, she'll, she'll do good things. She's a very good actress. Yes. Right. We've waffled on quite a bit, haven't we? So have you got a top tip? Oh, yes. Yes, I do have a top tip. So my top tip, based on events that happened today, no, not that anyone could see me, but my hair is rather wet still, is that um, if you know you're going to have to walk quite a long distance and you know it's going to be raining, wear a raincoat. Yes. Or take a hat. Yeah. Or take a hat. Don't take an umbrella. I, I uh, realised on the walk home that my the coat I was wearing wasn't actually waterproof. We've all had those moments. I thought it yeah. was, but it yeah. wasn't. So that was fun. <laughs> it was a good old bit of wet rain. Oh, as well. was it full on wet rain? Not this dry rain, Malarkey. It was wet rain. 
So my fact of the week is a bit odd, a bit unusual. So there's a place called Point Nemo, which is an ultra-isolated patch in the Pacific Ocean, where the International Space Station will splash down after it is deorbited in 2031. That's not very long away. It's not, is it? I was quite distressed when I saw that. That's nine years. (laughs) That's really quite... Quite unpleasant, actually. It's a horrible thought. When it comes to rest in the unofficial space cemetery, and at 1,600 miles from nearest land, the ISS will be further from humanity than it has for much of its time in orbit, as it's only 250 miles up. Oh, that's sad. It is really sad, isn't it? But this area, and I'll, I'll post an image of it, is home to 300 pieces of space junk, including at least five old space stations. So somehow or other, they managed to crash land it. And it's between, almost bang on between New Zealand and Chile, down towards um, Cape Horn, I think it is down there. So it's like that um, aeroplane graveyard, but... Underwater. Yeah, well, presumably they take the astronauts off and then it just declines. And <laughs> I mean, I'd hope well, so. <laughs> they have to swim 1,600 miles, but it does seem unlikely. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what's at the bottom of there. But I would imagine it's quite yeah. deep because it is in the middle mm. of nowhere. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.